0: Joining us on the Scripps Talks podcast now, Eileen Shill, who is recently moved to Boulder, Colorado, for a job, which we'll talk about. But is back in uh, Cleveland, where she was at the Cleveland Clinic for a long time. Uh, Eileen, thank you for joining us on this uh, edition of the podcast. Bob. Thanks for having me. So we're living in strange times and and you're living, you're no different than anybody else uh, having to kind of manage how you work and where you live and all this time. Uh, Give me a little background on what's been going on in your life for the last uh, month or or six weeks.
1: After 17 years of running communications at the Cleveland Clinic, I decided it was a good time to make a move to a new company, a new job and uh, started early March at Medtronic, based in Boulder, Colorado. So my family and I were excited to pick up and move. Once I landed in Boulder, the coronavirus kind of took hold and everybody was asked to work from home. So I was sent back to Cleveland to work from home with my family. So the good news is I'm with my family, but starting a new job in strategic communications during the middle of a crisis has been not a dull moment
0: for sure. Tell me a little bit about your new company and and how they might be involved in this crisis.
1: Medtronic is a company based in Ireland, and they make, in part, many medical devices that go into the body and help physicians take care of patients. One of those products is a really important one now, which are high-end ventilators, which hospitals use to keep people alive and breathing. The division that I work in is right in the middle of that and so it's a critical time where you know supply is a little low and demand is very high as you know.
0: So how does a company that makes ventilators how do they just overnight try to ramp up production at the same time that there's a pandemic and you have workers who need to be staying safe?
1: We've taken many many steps to do all the right things as quickly as possible. So high-end ventilators have over 1,750 different parts in that ventilator, in addition, over a million codes of software. So they're very complex machines that Medtronic has a long history of making. We have a lot of factories around the world, and the manufacturing of those ventilators requires a supply chain, meaning parts from many, many different countries. So there's a global supply chain for these kinds of machines that are are made. What we've done is really try to isolate and protect those on the front line similar to a hospital would with nurses and doctors, our factory workers and those who are responsible for building those machines really have to be protected. And so we have taken extraordinary measures to make sure that you know we're doing everything we can to keep them safe so they can make the devices that save lives and a lot of people in
0: hospitals are relying on right now. You're in a communication role and you've been in a communication role for your whole career. How does that play out at this time when, when we're in the middle of a pandemic? You know, There aren't too many playbooks on how to do this, are there?
1: It requires tremendous teamwork. And I will say that the broader communications team across Medtronic has really come together because there are so many pieces and parts to it. It's not just responding to the media, but it's preparing the CEO. It's a lot of safety and quality communications. And, you know, we've really worked 24-7 including weekends and evenings, really, um, to support the communication needs of the organization. It's very broad-based. There's a lot of different issues that come up that require a lot of education to internal and external
0: stakeholders. You're playing many different roles right now. You're a professional, a communication professional, working in an industry that's directly affected by this. But you're also a mom trying to keep a household together with a couple of college age kids, you've got a husband who's a journalist, you know, how do you balance all of those roles at this time to keep everybody functioning?
1: than many who have either small children at home or aging parents that need assistance. I have two college-age children, and they're pretty self-sufficient. But I think, you know, everybody has their challenges. Working from home is not like going into the office where you have your privacy. You can focus on, you know, your work in front of you. There are a lot of distractions that you don't expect, and I think making sure that everybody's healthy and washing their hands and that flattening of the curve is really important. You want your family and your friends to be safe, and although it's so hard to live in this new normal, I think it's important that everyone does their role. So I just keep plugging away, and I think being flexible on when you're trying to get things done is important, and just realize that it's not going to be as easy as it has been
0: you're also a member of the Ohio University Board of Trustees, and I I know you've been aware of many of the changes that the university has had to implement in response to this. How do you think things are going? I'm on the board, but I'm also a proud alumni, and my daughter is a student at
1: Ohio University, so this affects me in many ways, personally and professionally, and I think... Everybody is going through some tremendous challenges, unprecedented challenges. That's, you know, scary for all of us. I'm glad that students were sent home across the board and are safe, and that seems to be the first priority for everybody. I think, secondly, I applaud what the government's trying to do to support institutions of higher education to understand the financial challenges that they're facing, hopefully in the end, we can all come together and be stronger and make sure that we get through this crisis uh, so everybody is in a better place when it's over.
0: You did spend a good part of your career working for a major hospital system. How could you help us understand what hospitals are actually facing right now? Big
1: hospitals and hospitals in general try really hard to prepare for these kinds of instances. I know when the Ebola outbreak was a concern, Hospitals took extraordinary measures to plan and prepare and work out important processes that protect their employees and patients. So I know a lot of work has been done to protect those on the front lines, doctors and nurses and, and those who inter- interface directly with patients, and that's, you know, the, their, top priority. This is, again, an unprecedented situation. We don't know how long this is going to go on, so I think hospitals really depend on you know, supply chain and materials they need to protect themselves and protect patients. We talked a little bit about ventilators, but also masks and protective gear to keep people from spreading the disease even further. And I think it's just critical that the doctors and nurses and people taking care of patients also are protected to the best of our ability as a population. There are going to be struggles. There's going to be challenges. There will be hurdles that are going to be difficult to overcome. But I think really everybody has a part in flattening the curve and trying to slow down the spread of this so the burden on hospitals becomes manageable if that's possible
0: i think one of the most interesting phenomena associated with this pandemic is it really is a global phenomenon and you you know you work for a company that has uh, its base in uh, in ireland but really there is no part of the globe that seems untouched by this it's just a question of when the the wave hits that area. To me, it oddly enough seems to make the world feel like a much smaller place. And I wonder if you think along those same lines, especially since you're working for a a non-U.S. company now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I got a little sense of that by working at the Cleveland Clinic in Abu Dhabi and London and Canada and You know, the world definitely becomes a smaller place. I know you travel a lot all over the world, and, you know, a a company like Medtronic is in 46 different countries. So, we, I mentioned earlier that this job in communications is 24-7. It's very common for us to be on the phone calls, you know, all times of the day and night with our colleagues from Africa or the Middle East or Ireland or all over the world. So, everybody's going through this together, and that's a real sense that you get when you work for a global company, and, um, you know, everybody wants to help each other, and I think that's a great message for all of society, you know, if, if we don't work together, that we're not going to be successful, and I think that's important. There is an example where ventilators are being moved from place to place based on the highest need and where the most critical needs are, and I think, you know, when the world comes together to help solve a problem, we do a much better,
0: more impactful job than we would be doing in isolation. Any uh, suggestions you would have to political leaders at this time when they're, they're trying to solve this problem but and how to keep politics maybe at, at bay? We need to work together. It's a global, unprecedented
1: problem that could affect many, many lives. And I just think working together is the, is the
0: best answer. How do you think journalists have done as far as covering this, putting out accurate information, trying to address rumors and so forth and so on? You know, there's
1: just so much information out there, and I think really relying on the trusted sources of media is important. I know Scripps has done a great job in building some of those credible journalists out there. And, you know, as you mentioned, I'm I'm married to a journalist, so I am a deep believer in the media and really relying on them for trusted information. So I think they need to continue to do their jobs to the best of their ability and keep the public really knowledgeable about what's fact and what's fiction. Thankfully, with technology today, a lot of journalists you know, are on the front lines as well and telling these stories and fact-finding, and it's important that they do what they
0: can to be safe as well so they can continue to do their jobs. My last question is really uh, focused on uh, what would you tell the, the seniors in college now who are facing the prospect of graduating uh, certainly away from their, their fellow classmates, but also going into a job market that has uh, even more uncertainty than it, than it would have otherwise.
1: certainly you know the jobs are still out there the people are still needed to do these jobs Uh, we're facing a difficult economic climate which could make it more challenging but I think reaching out to their networks and fellow alumni who can help them and are willing to help them is going to be probably an extra requirement when it comes to job searching but there are good jobs out there you know All companies need good people, and people, whether they're in journalism or communications or um, anything out of college,
0: there are jobs out there that are desperately needed. Eileen Shiel, thank you very much for those words of encouragement, and best of luck to you as you navigate your, your new working from home as a global communicator.